And hello, everyone. Welcome again to another weekly Yes And podcast. My name is Travis Thomas. I'm the host and the creator of the Weekly Yap. And uh, again, excited today to have another guest on the show who is sure to inspire with her individual story, uh, as well as the work that uh, that she is doing. And she is joining us all the way from California. Uh, her name is Esther Kish. Esther, thanks so much for joining the Weekly Yap. Thank you for having me, Travis. Now, Esther, I know we've been trying to connect for a while now with time changes, and I think I had some technical problems on my end. And so uh, thank you so much for your patience in dealing with that. Um, now, Esther, you you speak fluent Hungarian, a little bit of Dutch, and you've lived in six European countries. So how, yes. how, the, heck did, how the heck did you end up in California? <laughs> well... <laughs> curious person so yeah. I would always just follow the cues what what feels like the next right move and that led me to to live in all these different places before I moved to California but I came here nine years ago because I thought at the time that I wanted to be an actor yeah and I have a background in, in business and marketing and business development for 16 years but at the time I felt like I finished school, I, I've done all this work and, and everything in the family business, and it, I felt like it's time to, quote-unquote, follow my dreams, which I've always been performing since a very young age, since childhood, uh, you know, at school and at home, entertaining family and friends and all that stuff. But I just never thought that I was good enough in my English to do theater work or to do film work. And then somehow it just came to me this whole idea that why don't I just move to LA and give it a shot and I thought well if not now then when so <laughs> at the ripe old age of 27 I thought okay I'm going to California now and uh, so I went to an, an acting school for a couple of years did the whole thing with the conservatory I did a few films that nobody's ever heard of independent projects yeah. but it was really really fun I, I really enjoyed it and um, you know how they always say that out of work actors are always waiters right so I really didn't want to do that and so to support myself and be available during the day with a very flexible schedule to be able to go to auditions and do filming I thought well I can go back to my roots in, in business and uh, understanding investments and so because LA is three hours behind New York I thought well I can just get up really early in the morning read the news and then do day trading do stock trading online and so that's what I did which was going really well for a while until the recession and then I was like uh oh, now time to, to change again, time to do something else to actually bring in money. Uh, you know, I needed to get clients. And so I started coaching and I was helping small businesses, entrepreneurs who are just starting out with their overall marketing strategy. And so and had you had background in, in coaching sort of before this? Well, I've been teaching and coaching on and off for a while before then, but it just never was a focus. And I had the background in business and marketing for, for many years prior to that, so I didn't feel like it was a stretch because if you know something well, then you can always impart that knowledge to somebody else. But uh, it, it wasn't something that I ever envisioned as a career. And so, so today you're spending most of your time now. You're, you're doing the coaching as well as as the PR uh, uh, for people. And your your company is called Born to Influence. Tell us a little bit about sort of what your vision and purpose is. 
Yeah. Uh, so I work with experts, coaches and consultants, speakers, authors, marketers, and I help them get publicity. And the idea and the vision with it is to help them get more credibility because they can be featured in big name media outlets and also um, helping them with overall with getting more leads and sales to their business. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that I enjoyed, but I, I never knew exactly what the business was going to be when I first started with it. My whole plan and big idea was to connect with high-level influencers and to make friends with these people who are New York Times bestselling authors, very successful entrepreneurs. And that's why we started a podcast with my friend Meta Miller three years ago, uh, Born to Influence. And the whole idea was just to interview and start building these relationships with the A players in my industry. And then organically, it developed into a publicity services business. But I didn't know at the time. I just knew that I wanted to hang out with cool kids <laughs> yes so similar to school you, you you worked your way up the uh the lunch table hierarchy right sort of <laughs> now now tell us now you're 27 uh you're, you're living in europe and you're like you know what uh i've always wanted to do acting let's let's give that a shot so so what were you doing in europe at the time when you made that decision business development and marketing. I was working in a family business and it was all types of industries. And, you know, this, this family, my ex's family owned a lot of different businesses from, um, shipping and trading to real estate to, to investments, uh, hotels and restaurants. And I was basically doing anything and everything that you could possibly need uh, on, the, on the side of actually growing the business. Okay. And and you lived in, in six different European countries. Was that sort of throughout your whole childhood or is that when you were more of an adult? Uh, how, how did that come about? I, there were two countries when I was growing up. So I was born in Hungary mm-hmm. and then... Uh, Grew up both in Hungary and Romania, back and forth for a few years, and then moved back to Hungary at the age of 15 full time. And then as I finished high school and I was there for, I think, another year after that, moved to Malta, then to France and Belgium and Holland, and then finally ended up in uh, the U.S. in California. All right. And so how do you think just sort of that... uh uh, living in the different places, the diversity, the the different cultures. How did that impact you with the work that you're doing today? It's always interesting to see when you're connecting with people from a different background because they just have a somewhat different attitude and point of view to life. But I, I really can't say that my reason for moving was, you know, because I wanted to hang out here. I wanted to live in that particular country. There was always a big reason for it. Like, for example, for California, it was to go to acting school. Before that, it was other business, school, family reasons. There was always something big that required that I make the move. But of course, you're always impacted by the people that you're surrounded by. And I think it's really important to be conscious about this and to choose carefully who you surround yourself with, regardless of the location. It's just got to be the top level people because otherwise it's very easy to quote unquote get lost. Yeah. And and it was that sort of uh, a lesson that you learned when you were younger or is that just more as a professional? Uh, You know, when I was young, it was more, more of like, I was the very shy kid and didn't really feel like I had a lot of power. (laughs) So, uh, it was it was uh, not a 
not something that I felt like I, I really had a say in. Like going back and forth between Hungary and Romania was certainly not something that I wanted to do as a child, but it was because of my father's uh, job. So as soon as I grew up, I thought, okay, now I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and so from that point on, it was definitely something where I was very careful with where do I spend my time and with whom. Okay. And was there, was there, uh, one of the sort of the, the countries that you lived in sort of during that time or over the years that, that was more challenging than another? And, and, uh, and, and what did you sort of learn most about yourself during that time? Um, I think it, it was, uh, maybe a little bit, I don't even know if it's challenging, but the most different from the other moves was moving actually here because when I came here, I was completely all by myself. Like I literally didn't know anyone, only two people in the whole entire country. And they are my uncle and aunt who are all the way across, uh, you know, on the other side of the country in Connecticut and I'm in California. (laughs) So that was different because before that I always moved with my little, um, you know, family or uh, work environment that was around me. So I always knew people and, and that was always sort of settled. And here it was literally starting everything from scratch. Right. So that was a little bit of a uh, thing where it's not only the culture shock, but it's also uh, actually creating everything from where you're going to live to uh, to figuring out your social circles, work, everything. It, it literally was building everything from ground zero. So talk about that a little bit. You make the move uh, over to California, and not only are you moving to California, you're you're doing the you know sort of the quintessential. I'm going to move to California and become an actress. <laughs> you're literally getting off the plane. You're getting off the bus. You're like, all right, Hollywood, I'm here. Um, what was what was that adjustment like? Because you know you talked about you went into acting conservatory for a few years, um, but talk about that. You know that's going into an industry with so much uncertainty. Uh, there's there's so much pressure. Uh, how did you sort of navigate that? Well, it was the expectations were always that I will do my best and let's see what happens. And that's, I think it was true for other things that I've done in my life and, and naturally true for acting as well, that I knew that I will push myself as much as I can. And then whatever is out of my control is out of my control. And this is so true, particularly for for the movie industry, is that, you know, you are not choosing as an actor what parts necessarily you're going to play. Now, of course, if you're already an A-list movie star, then, then yeah, there are parts that are given to you and then you can choose whether or not you take them. But when you're starting out, it's it's just a matter of see who wants to cast you. And even then, there is an enormous amount of competition and just seeing whether, like, if, you know, you may have done your part really, really well, but then there's a lot of other factors that go into it, whether, you know, your hair color, your height, accent, how your chemistry is with the other person who you're doing a scene with, whether or not that scene actually stays in the show or not, because it could be that they cast you, but then they cut the scene and never mind that role, you know? There there are a lot of ups and downs with that. And so it's just, it's an interesting uh, dynamic of having to have a really thick skin, not giving up, and at the same time being emotionally accessible and vulnerable because you need that uh, raw access to that vulnerability inside yourself if you want to do the parts right. Right. So tell me where that wisdom came from for you, that ability to, 
you know, to understand that all I can do is go out there and do the best that I can, and I can't control sort of the outcome, and and which is just obviously so key with anyone, you know, trying to crack into that industry or survive in that industry. Where did that come from in you? I think it's a deep level of trust, of knowing that everything is going to work out for me no matter what. It doesn't really matter what the circumstances are because I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I always have been and I always will be. And I think you build on your own strengths over time as well because you see your own history and you know what, what experiences you've been through. And, you know, for me, it was not the first time that I moved to a new country, right? So it wasn't like if I don't, quote unquote, make it for this particular movie, then I'm done, then I'm dying. It's, it's not like that. You just keep going. And uh, it's... It's just trusting yourself that if this doesn't work out, that's okay. There are other things that you can do. And is, is that a mindset that that you were taught growing up or you just sort of developed it on your own? Were your parents intentional about sort of that sort of that type of mindset? Um, I don't know that it came from my parents. I think it's more of a personality thing. I remember one time um, my, my grandparents were beekeepers and, you know, it's, it's a very... Uh, quote-unquote dangerous business because you're keeping the bees in the summer. You literally have to let them out in the morning so that they can go fly around, collect the pollen from the flowers, then they come back to those big wooden crates that are, you know, where the bees live. And so this whole process very often when you're a beekeeper means that there is you have to be in very, very close to the bees, like physically close, and sometimes you get stung. And I remember one time my, my grandma got stung and there was just so much work to do that day. It was a really hot summer day, and I see her, and she she was bitten by or stung by a bee. And I just looked at her because I was little, and I was stung not long before that. I remembered how painful it felt. And I looked at her, and I said, well, you're not crying. And she said, yeah, what what difference would it make if I cry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it really stuck with me that something that can be that hurt, like literally to me as a child, that was like, oh, my God, that's the end of the world when you have that kind of pain. Right. right. And she is not taking time out. She is not putting on a bandage. She is not doing any of the stuff. She's just going on with what needs to be done. And that's probably part of part of what you're asking about that attitude that, that just kind of stuck to me. That right. Not that you have to push down emotions, but sometimes there are other priorities, and you just gotta get moving. Right. And and how do you think that sort of mindset translates to the work that you do uh, today, whether it's coaching or or on the PR side of things? Well, with the publicity, I think the closest analogy to that is when you send out pitches to have either yourself or your clients be uh, interviewed for certain shows, whether it's TV or newspapers or magazines or uh, on podcasts even, sometimes people will say yes and sometimes they will say no. And it's not taking that quote-unquote rejection personally. It's just really keeping your focus on okay, how can I create win-win-win situations and hopefully only recommend people for every show where they're really, really good fit and where it's a fresh angle that they haven't been, they haven't covered that type of a story before. So they would be interested in interviewing you or in my case, interviewing my clients, right? So it's just that mindset of, of keeping at it. And with the coaching side, I think it's the, the nice part about it is seeing when 
what you teach to others, they implement it and it actually immediately makes a difference and they come back to you that, hey, this is what I achieved and accomplished because of what you taught me. It's very, very rewarding and fulfilling. Right. Uh, that's excellent. Um, I know that you were featured in a documentary called Inspired by Eleven um, and that you mentioned uh, that when the recession hit, um, and you were, I believe you were, you were doing the acting thing at the time, but you were also doing the, um, was that when you were doing the financial work in the morning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the recession hit and uh, you didn't have much left uh, in the bank account. And that was sort of uh, kind of a, a touch and go uh, point. How did you, what was that like? How did you deal with that situation and, and uh, um, deal with that adversity? That was when I, I, that was a decision point that, okay, I need to actually do something else in addition, or at least until the markets figure themselves out. That was my thought process at the time. So I thought, okay, well, I can go back to my roots in business and start coaching people, helping them. And in the meantime, I would just do anything and everything that I possibly could. So that would be, you know, doing subtitles for movies where they translated the movie to Hungarian and they would want to have somebody who is a native speaker look over those subtitles titles and make sure that it was done right or or teaching or like there were all, so many different things that I would do as a bridge until I built out my clientele that it, it was just always just looking at opportunities and what made sense. Okay, right. So that ability to to really just be be adaptable and be flexible and uh, and it, it sounds like you just sort of took advantage of whatever opportunities were available at that time. Yeah, and and it's, you know, as long as you allow yourself to be open-minded and not necessarily stuck on a goal, I think that's something that I kept with me, not just from that time period, but from before as well, is when you set a goal for yourself, you want to be specific about it, what, what it is exactly that you want, and also the timeline for it. But then the intention when you set out to accomplish it is that I want this or something better. Hmm. So not being necessarily stuck to the format of how you first envisioned it, but the essence, what what kind of a feeling does it give you? And then going for that feeling of accomplishment. And it may be that it will come exactly how you first set out to accomplish that particular goal, or it may be something else, but it gives you the same level of happiness. Right. And, and talk about how you deal with just the idea of fear, um, whether it was fear in the acting industry or just the fear as, as being an entrepreneur, how, how you, you push through it and move through that. Clarity just really being very, very clear about your goals. And sometimes, sure, you can be nervous or, or shy. Or I used to be very, very shy, very introverted, and I still am, but... Uh, Developing confidence and and knowing that you're going to be okay has to do with being very, very clear about the certainty of what you're going to accomplish is going to happen for you. Mm. And I think that's just a matter, it comes back to trust, trusting yourself or if, you know, depending on your belief system, whether it's God or the universe or your higher self or however you want to call it, but just knowing that everything will be okay. And then all the setbacks and temporary rejections and and things that you would maybe call fear are just 
just things that just happened in this moment. But if you allow yourself to be wrapped up in that, then you put yourself in a downward spiral. Whereas if you keep focused on what you actually want and being really clear about that, then the little things doesn't don't really matter. And for you, you, you talked about being sort of shy when you were younger. What, how did you how did you build up that confidence and trust in yourself to so that you so that you weren't feeling so uh, so shy? I think it was a gradual process over time. I used to be very, very, very shy. You know how my nickname is Pinky? Uh, it's something that my ex called me and, and also family and friends, especially when I lived in Europe. And I, you know, people called me that for years. And then one time I asked my ex, that, how did you come up with that nickname? And I assumed that it was, or at least a big part of the reason was because I like the color pink and I wear it a lot. And he's like, yeah, that's part of it. But really, because you're so shy that you always blush. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> but it was really true. Like if somebody talked to me and I wasn't expecting it, I would already be going up in flames. I was like really, really bad. I, I used to be extremely shy. And and it's just, you. I think it has to do with, again, with clarity, with knowing what you want, because then you won't, it won't bother you what other people think about you as much. Sure. Yeah. And sort of finding that, that, authentic, that authentic voice. And again, to talk about trusting yourself. Yeah. Now, as far as, you know, sort of your daily routine, uh, as to set you to set yourself up for success, but just to those those uh, those daily practices that you have that that uh, that get you started in a in, in, a, in a, on a good foot. What what are some routines that you have on a daily basis? Well, one thing is journaling. I write about what I want and how I want to feel and literally not even write it hand, but by hand, but I actually type my journal because it's just faster. That's something that I don't necessarily do it every day, although I try to, but it's something that is a, a very consistent theme in my life is just getting out on paper what I want and creating this and literally writing it into reality. And mm-hmm. as long as you can write it in a way that you believe it, that it feels like it's a done deal, it actually happens really, really quickly. So that's something that I do pretty much every day. And other than that, it's there is no set routines or set procedures that I do every single day. It's just more seeing what's on the agenda for that particular day, what appointments were set, and then going with whatever else needs to be followed up on from previous days and weeks. And when you say journaling, are you are you envisioning sort of the goals that you have and, and you talked about sort of feeling them? Are you feeling that they've already come about? And so it, what does that sort of specifically that journaling look like? Yeah. So you literally just write down whatever comes to your mind at that point. And it could be things that have to do with very specific goals, like, you know, like, um, I drive my dream car or things like that, that are very tangible, or it could be more around habits and traits. Like I always make the right decision, or I have time for everything that I want, all the things that matter to me, like things like that, that feel like they're already present in your life. Or in some cases, if you really can identify with that goal as if it was already something that happened in the past, that's even better. Then I I would write it down in a format that I'm so happy and grateful that X happened, that you know that my mm-hmm. Thanksgiving TV interview was a success and, and it aired before Thanksgiving. And I would literally write it down and sure enough, it happens. <laughs> you know, So it's just really important that you don't pretend right. You don't write down goals that you think you should have 
but they are not actually emotionally something that really, really grab you. It needs to be something that you can feel as a true done deal for you. And they're writing it either as something that already happened or as something that is or that is happening to you right now. If you put it in the future that I will do this, then you're always putting it up, uh, putting it out to become true one day, but it's never actually going to come. So it needs to be something that's happening today or that happened in the past. Right. And how do you deal, especially as an entrepreneur, uh, whether you know, you're know you an entrepreneur, you're an athlete, you're an actor, and um, there's just no guarantees when it comes to, when it comes to work, uh, how do you deal with those moments of rejection? How do you deal with you know, um, a client that doesn't work out or a project? I, I, again, I can relate. You know, I, I, I got the, uh, the email last week where I thought I was booked to do an event and sort of mentally I'm already like, all right. Okay, that's going to make this amount of money. Great, that'll help me with this. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we decided to go in a different direction. And it's like, uh, oh. But you see, that's the thing. You get the, <laughs> in your mind, you already spent the money. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't spent it, but I was, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's needed. That'll be nice. That that that'll help out. And they're like, okay, you know, it's not counting the chickens before they're hatched, but like, all right, this feels pretty good. So it, obviously, it's 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 really difficult to not sort of want to wallow in that negativity. What do you do to sort of move? to move past that and, and uh, sort of get refocused? Well, it's it's not that I never feel sad, but if something happens that I don't like, I choose not to focus on it. And it may sound a little bit woo-woo to some or, or very metaphysical, but it's really true that when you lower your vibrations and you allow yourself to feel in a bad mood, you just create more of that in mm-hmm. your life. Right. And you will literally, you manifest more and more bad things to come and they will not come immediately. What happened to you today is the result of something that you are festering emotionally and in your thoughts the prior days and weeks or, or months or in years in some cases, right? And it's true both for the good and the bad. And so it's your responsibility to get yourself emotionally to a place where you feel upbeat and and uh, happy and really bubbly and, and whatever suits your personality, but something that is a positive emotion. And if you're really in a dark place, like something really, really disappointed you and you don't know how to get out of it, I mean, obviously there are clinical cases, but then there's also cases where you just simple little things can help, like going out to nature or doing something creative, painting or listening to music that you like. Or for, for those who like to cook, then, you know, creating something that really tastes good and that you enjoy and, and making it yourself. Playing with animals is a really, really good one. I, I have three cats, so, you know, I'm always interested. <laughs> right. Because they're just too cute. Like really finding something that, that shifts your focus away from the quote-unquote bad stuff. And when you feel better, then suddenly creative ideas start coming to you. And then you will have a new inspired idea that you can take action on. And suddenly whatever you lost, like that speaking gig or or money or whatever it was, doesn't matter because you have something else that is a new project that will bring you the abundance. And that actually helps you, you know, create something and feel good about your own work as a creative professional as well. Right. And and I can definitely vouch for the the power of pets, right? We have a, a, a dog that's a year and a half now, little tiny dog. And uh, <laughs> the joke around here, or if people on social media, if they ever follow me, they will often see me holding the dog and his feet rarely touch the ground when he's around Aww. me. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's got me through some tough spots as an entrepreneur, let me tell you. What What is, uh, for you, Esther, what is, like, what's a quick go-to? Like, if you need a quick 
pick me up, a quick boost, you know, during your day? What's a go to that uh, that really helps out? Well, for me, it's journaling. If I really don't uh, feel very good, I just start writing down how I want to feel and what do I need to do to actually feel that way. And uh, if I don't, quote unquote, don't have time because it takes like five to ten minutes, but if I really don't want or I don't even feel like writing something, then I might turn on a music playlist that I like. I, I literally have a YouTube playlist that's called my hustle playlist. Yeah. And it's just music that, that always makes me happy. So if I needed that, I could turn that on. But but it's just really, for me, it's anything that that I know are generally joyful and, and fun things. And it's just... It's just a matter of where your focus is because you can choose your energy state and you can shift it immediately if you want to. Right, right. For me, it's it's still the Hamilton soundtrack. I don't know if you've listened to the Hamilton soundtrack yet. Mm, no, I don't know it. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's been the go-to for about four months and counting now. So <laughs> it's it's still working. Um, online, Esther. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, what's the best way to connect with you? You can go to my website, which is borntoinfluence.com, B-O-R-N-T-O, borntoinfluence.com. And that's a really uh, great place also to find resources around publicity, which is not something we, we talked about that much today. But it's just really important for us as entrepreneurs to be clear because sometimes it's so difficult to, you know, you get overwhelmed with that whole bright, shiny object syndrome that I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do Facebook ads, and I need to do SEO and blogging and publicity like all the different things and not everything is right for everyone all the time right. so if if you feel like you're not quite sure whether or not publicity would actually help you i have a really cool assessment on my website that is a quiz which you can take it's literally just fun yes or no questions 12 questions and it will help you determine whether or not you're in a bus in a place in your business where doing publicity would be helpful and that's something that would actually make a difference for you and that is on your born influence website Yes, it's if you just go there, you'll see the tab for the assessment. And and uh, for those of you who actually know that this is something that you want, then also I have another resource. I, if you're cool with that, we can share where where to uh, find a checklist. You know, to to create your compelling bio and headshots and lead magnet and and all those good things that are required so that other people will find you attractive and want to interview you as well. And you can get that at borntoinfluence.com forward slash gift. It's literally a one-page checklist that will give you all those resources and insights. Fantastic. And for you, Esther, what's, what is sort of the the inspiring vision that, that gets you up out of bed excited every day? Uh, traveling, I really, really enjoy traveling. It's part of my life path, I think. So uh, creating a business where I can work from anywhere I want. And that's literally how it is now that I do travel uh, right now, mostly domestically, but I'm looking forward to doing more internationally again as well. For that, it's it's important for me to be able to work from anywhere. And that's that's the business that I have. So that's really, really fun and inspiring for me. Great. Well, Esther, thanks so much for for taking the time to join the weekly yap. Thank you. And uh, I will I will post a link to uh, Born to Influence uh, in the podcast uh, so people can click on that. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Thank you so much, Travis. You too. Shut. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm gonna get a scholarship to King's College. I probably should.